It is Friday, January 1st here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Happy New Year to you. Welcome to our Week 17 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, are Jared Smola and Tyler Syracuse. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. We have two weeks of results here to go over in the Crown is Ass Challenge, guys, to catch up on. We skipped last week's shows, of course. And I think that Jared and Tyler probably decided to skip so they wouldn't have to talk about me winning week 15. We'll move beyond that because Jared kicked our butts in week 16, though. Jared, what worked for you on DK in week 16? Yeah, it was, it was nice to finally get off the schneid because it's been a pretty tough uh, second half of the season for me and Cash. But I, I thought last week was tough, especially at wide receiver. Like there wasn't a single wide receiver I was really excited to play in Cash. But I ended up getting on, you know, three nice plays in Deontay Johnson, uh, Curtis Samuel, and T. Higgins. So that was kind of the, the key to my lineup. Yeah, I, I thought it was a tough week for me, too. There wasn't a lot that I liked, and I spent less time prepping since we didn't have the show. So I, I ended up limiting my play a little bit. No huge regrets for me in my lineup, I think. Um, I knew I was going boom bust at wide receiver. I think that my mistake was probably playing Robert Woods at 7000 bucks. I underestimated the improvement of the Seattle defense a bit. Tyler, how did Week 16 go for you on DraftKings? Week 16 was pretty good. I just squeaked by in cash games and did pretty well in head-to-heads. Uh, I scored like 140 points, and it was a pretty low-scoring week overall. My biggest mistake was definitely playing Le'Veon Bell and Melvin Gordon, two running backs that I haven't really rostered all year or wanted to roster all year. I thought they were in a better situation, but they combined for like 13 DraftKings points, which sucked. But Jared was right. Uh, you pretty much needed to nail wide receiver and I ended up with Amari Cooper, Jamison Crowder, and Jalen Guyton. So it was a really strange trio for me as well. But Crowder paid off in a big way. And then uh, Amari Cooper got the 100-yard bonus. So it ended up working out. Yeah, I I wanted to play more Amari Cooper, but I didn't get to it. So I wish that I had. That was certainly a win last week. A win for me in Week 15. A win for Jared last week leaves the season standing standings at six for me. Uh, five apiece for Jared and Tyler. So uh, uh, can do no worse than tie for the full season in the crown is ass challenge. We will see whether either of these guys can pull even with me this week. And we will again show you who we're playing against each other come Saturday in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now though, Jared, please start us off with some cash QB talk. Uh, it's going to be Kirk Cousins for me at 6,300 bucks. It's probably a boring podcast. I'm just going to be mentioning a lot of Vikings and Titans. It's kind of the two offenses I'm all in on this week. So I like Ryan Tannehill. I'll talk about him on the tournament side. But Cousins is 700 bucks cheaper. I think the price is good at 6,300. He's averaged a little over 23 DK points per game over the past eight now. And this matchup, I mean, it can't get any better. The Lions last week, I love this. They they gave up 32.9 DraftKings points to Tom Brady in the first half. And then Blaine Gabbert scored 15.2 points against them in the second half. So it's just, you know, the, the smash matchup right now. Yeah, you know, it's going to be boring when you start off with a glass of milk like Kirk Cousins, but I, I would take absolutely take those 47 points for Kirk Cousins alone this week. I agree. I mean, the savings on him versus Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill make him a pretty easy lean on the cash side. And he's safer than lower price guys like Drew Locke, Matt Ryan, Andy Dalton, Mitchell Trubisky. Tyler, what do you like at, at cash QB? Uh, unfortunately, I'm agreeing with you guys. Price to 6,300 is just too good of a price. They're in a dome. 
and Delvin Cook is ruled out, so the Vikings might be even a little bit more pass-heavy this week. So he, I think he checks all the boxes for a cash game quarterback this week. GPP side, Jared, what are you leaning for? Yeah, so Ryan Tannehill there. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have Cousins and Tannehill on all my GPP teams, um, you know, different stacks, different runbacks on them. Tannehill, 7000 bucks. Houston, you know, I think right there with Detroit is like the worst defense in the NFL right now. Um, they, they just gave up 371 yards and two touchdowns to Brandon Allen. Tannehill went for 33.6 DraftKings points in the first meeting. He has five games this season of 26 plus DK points. So he's been a tournament winning quarterback. Titans implied for 32 points this week. That's that's the highest on the week. Yeah. And I've mentioned before how Tannehill can and has gone off in big Derrick Henry weeks. So you don't have to choose between them. Tannehill was over 300 yards and Derrick Henry was over 200 yards before they got to overtime in that first meeting with Houston. So there's certainly plenty of room for both guys. And I I would run it back with Brandon Cooks for sure. Maybe also Jordan Aikens in that same lineup. It kind of gets you the Deshaun Watson exposure without having to play Watson at $700 more than Ryan Tannehill. In a Cousins lineup, I think I'm playing both wideouts if I do that. What about you, Jared, in a Cousins lineup? I think... My cousins teams are going to be Jefferson plus Irv Smith and then Thielen plus Irv Smith. I don't think I'll play both wideouts in the same lineup. All right, Tyler, what do you like for GPP quarterbacks? I like a lot of quarterbacks in the low $7,000 range. So for me, that's Russ Wilson, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, and Ryan Tannehill. I think that's where I'm going to be playing most of my GPP exposure. Russell Wilson's game log is absolutely insane. Like the first half of the season, he pretty much got 30 to 35 points every game. And now the second half of the season, he's right around in that 20 range. Going up against the Niners, I, I think he can have a decent game and he'll have extremely low ownership. And obviously we'd stack him up with probably DK Metcalf because Tyler Lockett hasn't had a big game in a couple months. Tom Brady just lit up this Falcons defense and then he went off against the Lions. So it seems like he's pretty locked in with his wide receivers. And then Justin Herbert uh, against the Chiefs team that if isn't playing for anything, I think he makes a lot of sense too. And I think he's pretty underpriced this week. And you know, he's been putting up 25 points pretty consistently. So I, li- I like that price tag on Herbert quite a bit. Yeah. And we kind of saw Justin Herbert get back to earlier season, Justin Herbert with Keenan Allen out recently. I'm not saying that not having Keenan Allen makes him a better quarterback, but maybe it kind of frees up things to go where he wants to, instead of forcing it to Keenan Allen. It certainly can't hurt uh, that they're facing a chiefs team with nothing to play for, even though the, the matchup has been you know, not necessarily a pushover for passing. On to running back. What are you guys doing? Jared, what are you doing besides wedging Derrick Henry in with a shoehorn? I've spent a good amount of time already working on my cash lineup. I I think we can play two out of Henry, Elvin Kamara, and Devontae Adams. That's the way I'm going to go. It's just deciding. Henry's in there for sure against Houston. I'm I'm not going to fade him in that matchup. I lean Kamara over Adams right now. I, I I just like paying up for the expensive running backs, even though Adams has been you know, incredibly consistent this season. So I'm going to play those two guys. And then the, you know, cheap running back I'm going to play in cash is going to be Malcolm Brown. Um, I think you can argue for, you know, Ty Johnson, you even have Rodney Smith down there. Um, who's going to be Carolina's lead back. I, I just feel safest about Malcolm Brown's role. You know, it's, it's a must win game for the Rams. The other two guys behind Malcolm Brown, Raymond Clays and Xavier Jones have, have never carried in the NFL. So I think Malcolm Brown's a pretty good bet to get close to 100% of the running back touches for the Rams. I don't expect like a big ceiling game, not you know great efficiency with the environment, you know, but John Wolford under center, but you can get 20 touches out of a guy at 4,300. I think he's a good cash play. 
Yeah, and it's the same matchup that got Jeff Wilson Jr. the big rushing day last week against Arizona. Uh, I agree, Ty Johnson, Malcolm Brown. I'm not factoring Rodney Smith in with those two guys at 4,300, but those prices can help you get those expensive players, as you mentioned. Ty Johnson, since you already made the case for Malcolm Brown, I'll throw Ty Johnson. When uh, Frank Gore suffered his concussion back in week 13, against the Raiders and crushed my sneaky fan duel play of Frank Gore that week. Um, Ty Johnson stepped in for 22 carries in that game, saw two targets versus just eight carries, zero targets for Josh Adams. So I think we're about to get Ty Johnson as the lead back for the Jets against the Patriots, who recently allowed 208 combined rushing yards to Salvin Ahmed and Matt Breida in the same game, allowed the huge game to Cam Akers recently. So it's a great matchup there. The Jets have been playing better recently. Ty Johnson is suddenly... I'm not sure I can bring myself to say he's an exciting play this week, but he's certainly an intriguing play at the very least this week. Uh, Tyler, what do you like at running back? It's definitely going to be Derrick Henry. He's getting 30-plus this week against Houston. Definitely going to be Malcolm Brown. I really like his chances for 20-plus touches for all the reasons Jared mentioned. And then I think I'm going to go to Ezekiel Elliott, priced down at 6400 He pretty much played his normal workload last, well, I don't know about his normal workload, but he got normal touches, 23 touches, 19 carries, four targets, and they're in a must-win game against the Giants. So I think Dallas can lean on him quite a bit. And I just think he's pretty underpriced. He's like RB21 on FanDuel, and then he's like RB16 or 17 on DraftKings. So I think he has plenty of room for upside, and I really like his floor as well, so... I think that's going to be my trio in cash games. Yeah, he only played four more snaps than Tony Pollard last week, but he beat Pollard 19-9 in carries and 4-2, I think, in targets. So I'll be definitely talking about him on the FanDuel pod as well. Jared, what do you have on the GPP side of running back? Yeah, just with the Cowboys, I think I'm going to fade the Cowboys offense completely this week. I think, you know, they, they just went off in a great spot at home against the Eagles <laughs> last week. I, I think Dallas Giants is going to be a lower scoring game. I'm just going to avoid it, I think. Tournament running back. So Ty Johnson's the cheap guy, like in tournaments. I want to see the ownership. I, I do think Malcolm Brown's going to be the more popular cheap running back. Again, again, I think he's safer. I think Ty Johnson probably has more upside, though, in the matchup and with his pass catch, catching ability. So I'm going to play some of him. Um, I'm going to play some DeAndre Swift, too especially on my Kirk Cousins teams as, you know, the Lions run back there. 6300 bucks. We actually have him as the third best running back value on the slate behind only Malcolm Brown and Ty Johnson. Um, 25 carries and 10 targets for Swift over the last two games. He actually has exactly five targets in five straight games now. So, you know, nice pass catching floor there. Um, we saw what Elvin Kamara just did to this Vikings defense last Friday. Mike Zimmer after that game said, quote, this is a bad defense, worst one I've ever had. He knows he has, you know, no, no chance on that side of the ball. So I, I think Swift could finish his rookie season with a big game. I disagree with you on the Cowboys-Giants game, but I will leave that until a wide receiver because I've got more guys from that game to talk about. I think in the GPP side, Zach Moss enters the cheap running back consideration at 4600 bucks. Not as safe a bet for touches as the other 4K running backs we've talked about, but I think it's a spot where it makes sense for them to lean on him. And I also love the ceiling on Austin Eckler in the 7K range versus that ghost of a defense for the Chiefs that were likely to get Keenan Allen out. So we don't know yet about Hunter Henry as of, you know, this recording. So um, we might have no Hunter Henry. Plenty of touches should be coming Austin Eckler's way. Should include plenty of receptions in that game. So I think he's got a high ceiling here. If you can manage to fit him in, probably not going to be in the same lineup with Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams or Alvin Kamara. But, you know, if you come down from those guys, you can pay up elsewhere. Tyler, what do you like at GPP running back? I like a lot of running backs in the low $6,000 range. So that's Ezekiel Elliott, as I mentioned, 6.4. I I am going to have some DeAndre Swift at 6.3. 
Chris Carson makes some sense at 6,200 against the Niners. Alexander Madison, 6,100 if he gets cleared from his concussion. Really good matchup against the Lions. And Kirk Cousins and uh, the wide receivers will will probably carry a lot of ownership as well. So he's a good leverage play this week. I think I'm going to go back to Melvin Gordon at 5,700. A lot of people are probably going to be off of him after last week. And they're home against the Raiders. Extremely good matchup. And Philip Lindsay went to IR. So you'd figure Melvin Gordon has a chance at 20 plus touches. And he just burned everyone last week. So he just had a, a multi-touchdown game two weeks ago. So he makes some sense. Uh, Broncos, neither team really has anything to play for. But he, I can see him having a pretty good game against the Raiders. I'm still treating my burns. I'm not sure I can go back to him with you. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force myself to go back to Gordon. He looked good in that game. He was efficient running the ball. Drew Locke vultured a, a one-year touchdown. And Gordon wasn't targeted, which was strange. Um, they were using Royce Freeman and Levante Bellamy, some in passing situations. But Gordon had seen seven targets in the previous two games. I think you know, you're going to get three, four targets out of him on Sunday. Levante Bellamy. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. Jared, what do you got for cash? Again, yes, yeah, so I think I'm not going to play Devonte Adams, which is obviously scary. The guys I'm looking at right now, uh, T.Y. Hilton, 5,800 bucks. Um, it, it has sort of cooled off after that three-game hot stretch, but still seeing nice volume. I just want at least one Colt in my lineup. You know, that's kind of the other offense. The Colts, Titans, and Vikings are all in great spots. The Colts are actually implied for the second highest point total on the week at 31.75. So I like Hilton. Uh, at home against a, a bad Jaguar secondary. Jacksonville's allowed um, at least one wide receiver to hit 20 DraftKings points in seven of their last eight games now. So I like Hilton there. I think you can play Pascal if you want at 4,200. And then two other guys at 4,200 bucks, uh, LaVisca Chenault on the other side of that game. He has 24 targets over his last three now. Then I, I still might play Jerry Judy in cash. I know Matt, Matt's going to hate that. but um, No, I love you doing it. <laughs> 4,200 bucks for a guy that's uh, 15 targets last week. I still think he's a high-end talent. So I, I think it's a good price tag for a guy in a uh, good matchup against Vegas. I, I will gladly play against your Jerry Judy in cash. So <laughs> I, I support that. Tyler, what do you like for cash or wide up? It's another really interesting uh, wide receiver week, similar to last week where I think ownership is going to be pretty spread out. There's really not any plays that stick out. So it's kind of just pick your favorite guys. And and for me, that's uh, Jamison Crowder at $5,000. He's a guy that just has really good chemistry with Sam Darnold. He had a big game last week. I don't think he's really like the other Jets wide receivers that have been busting all year, like Mims and like Perriman, who, who get all these air yards, but it doesn't really mean anything because they're not catchable balls. Crowder's in the slot, so he usually has safer targets and – He's had a couple big games this season, and I think he was finally healthy last week, and we saw that with a big game. So he had a lot of big games early on in the season when he was healthy with uh, Sam Darnold, so I think he makes a lot of sense. Marvin Jones at 5,100 is way too cheap, but he's going to need Matthew Stafford to play. I'm only interested in him if Stafford is is the starter. So those are two guys that I'm looking at in the $5,000 range. And then I think Kiki Kuti is, is too cheap as well at 5,600 against the worst secondary in the league highest over under on the slate. So I think I'll be going to him in cash and uh, quite a bit of GPPs as well. Imagine like a month ago, if you could tell yourself that at some point you were going to say Kiki Cutie is too cheap at 5,600 bucks. <laughs> One more guy for me down the 5k range, CD lamb, 5,200. He was a focal point of the Dallas passing game in the first meeting with the giants, eight catches, 124 yards on 11 targets in that one. 
No other Cowboys saw more than four targets in that game, and nine of his targets came before Dak Prescott left the game among his 21 pass attempts. So they went in with the plan to target CeeDee Lamb. I think it certainly makes sense to have that plan again. I don't think the Giants can afford to game plan specifically against Lamb here. Michael Gallup at 5000 bucks, I think, is close. He's been the target leader recently since Andy Dalton returned from his concussion. So I think both of those guys are in play for a game that, again, I'll talk about a little bit more uh, in a couple minutes. On the GPP side, I got to say before I go to you, Jared, I'm going to get at least a little bit of Richie James somewhere. I liked him as a dynasty sleeper a couple years ago coming out of the 2018 draft. It it hurt me to not have any pieces of that huge game he had against Green Bay back in week nine when he was suddenly a starter. So I'm going to have a little bit of $3,100 Richie James, although I can't say I'll overplay him. What about you? Right, yeah, he's not a guy I'm going to go, you know, looking to get into lineups, but he's definitely, you know, on my list of guys, or if I get to the end and I need, you know, a, a super cheap wide receiver, he's definitely someone I'm going to consider. Um, I have, so I have Marvin Jones here on the tournament side. Um, you know, even if Stafford's out, I might play him in tournaments. I just think the price and matchup is is good enough. Corey Davis is like the ultimate tournament play. He really has been all season. I'm going to use him in Tannehill lineups. Um, Corey Davis's last four games, he's gone zero DraftKings points, 24 5.4, 38.2. So I mean, he's like the ultimate boomer bust guy. I think if Tannehill has a big game that, you know, Davis should come along with him. Then I'm going to go back to Mike Williams, who I had in a ton of tournament lineups last week. I, I think it was a good play. He got 10 targets. He just missed a touchdown. He's still just 5,000 bucks. Keenan Allen out again. Chiefs resting starters. I'm not going to, you know, go away from Mike Williams and watch him have, have, have a big game the week after I play him. I'm always scared. See, Mike Williams... Just he makes it tough for me because I'm scared to miss out on the big games for him because I play him so often. I'm also scared to just keep playing him and keep watching that missed touchdown, which is like the story of his 2020 season. So I I can't argue against him. I'm not sure I'm going to get there. But uh, tournament side, it certainly makes plenty of sense. Tyler, what do you like for GPP wide out? So I'm looking at which quarterbacks I'm using. So, I mean, it's Kirk Cousins and Justin Herbert a lot for me. And then Tannehill. So I'm, I'm playing all the pass catchers there. So it's Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown. I mean, he has a season-high nine targets, and he has all these big games. I just wish the Titans would, you know, target him 10-plus times, a few times, just to see what would happen because he has all these big games, sometimes with five, six targets, and I just think he's a monster, and they should involve him a little bit more. But, you know, they're they're extremely run-heavy with Derrick Henry, and they're probably going to do the same this week against Houston. And he he can definitely get there on, on five targets, but it's just tough when he's priced up, you know, as a wide receiver one every week and he has these limited targets. But I am going to be using Mike Williams and Jalen Guyton as well uh, with Herbert teams. I don't know if uh, Hunter Henry came off the COVID list yet, but that would probably enhance the projection for those two guys if Hunter Henry were to miss another game. I mentioned Jamison Crowder. I like him a lot. T.Y. Hilton... I think is going to have a pretty big game against the Jags. Jared talked about him earlier. Jags defense is just completely terrible and Colts are in a must win game. So I can see T.Y. having a, a big week 17. He should be Phillip Rivers top option this week. And T.Y. is funny because the first couple months of the season, he didn't really do anything. And now he's breaking out. So I don't know if he was dealing with an injury early on in the season or if he was having chemistry issues with Rivers, but seems like he's pretty locked in the last five weeks. I think uh, Darius Slayton gives us a a cheaper version of something similar to Mike Williams. He doesn't have the end zone targets that Mike Williams has, but at 4,100, Darius Slayton has seen eight, nine, and eight targets over the past three weeks. He saw season highs and targets, catches, and yards back in week five against Dallas. And I I think this Giants-Cowboys game goes over the 45-point 
over under. And I think it could go way over Daniel Jones was back to full practice this week for the first time since his week 12 hamstring injury. The Giants have not topped 19 points since before their week 11 bye. With a healthy Jones, though, they scored 20-plus in six straight games before the bye. He really hasn't been healthy since then because week 12 was the first game after the bye. He got hurt in that one. 27 points against Philly the last time they had a fully healthy Daniel Jones. The Cowboys have scored 30-plus in three straight games, uh, six games since their week 10 by have averaged 55.3 total points. So I think that we could really go way over 45 here with everybody healthy with playoff implications for it. And Dallas has been one of the faster paced offenses in the league. So maybe the giants have to keep up with that. So I, I like the potential for points. I think it's a sneaky target for fantasy upside this week. Yeah, interesting that, you know, the game opened at a 47 over under has been bet down to 45. I'm curious to see what the weather looks like for that one. That, that's the other reason I like the Titans, Vikings, and even the Colts offenses. They're all going to be playing in the dome, which which is nice this time of year. But I, I do like Slayton if you're playing that game. You know, if you're playing CeeDee Lamb, you'll run it back on their side with Darius Slayton. You know, he, he's had the opportunity for the past three weeks now. Maybe it's going to hit one of these weeks. <laughs> Maybe. Um, again, I don't think he's as safe a bet for like touchdowns. There's not the touchdown regression that there might be with Mike Williams, but right. there's upside at least. At tight end for cash, Jared, what are you playing? I'm going Irv Smith, uh, 3900 bucks again. I, he's just a cheap way to get a piece of that Vikings passing game, which I think is going to have a big game on Sunday. Um, Smith's been good now over the last three weeks without Kyle Rudolph. Uh, Rudolph has already been ruled out for this game on Sunday. Um, 5.7 targets, 4.3 catches, 51 yards per game for Irv Smith in the last three. Uh, the Lions have allowed double-digit drafting points to a tight end in four straight games now. And in the first meeting between these two teams, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph combined for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler, what do you like? I'm going to be all in on George Kittle this week, priced at $6,000. I know he wasn't playing his normal snap share last week, but he's a guy that just dominates in yards per route run. He led the entire NFL in 2019. He's doing a really good job in 2020. He's just a total monster. Every time he catches the ball, he's stiff arming guys and getting a ton of yards after the catch. So I think he makes a lot of sense. He's way underpriced at $6,000. I'm going to try to get him in cash, but if I can't get him in cash, he's going to be my highest owned guy in GPPs. I mentioned Hunter Henry earlier. He'd be a pretty good cash game play if he's in the lineup this week against the Chiefs all the way down at $4,300. Probably my only other guy in GPPs will be Mark Andrews at 5800 just with his touchdown upside. Obviously, Travis Kelsey isn't in play this week at $8,600. Chargers have, or uh, Chiefs have nothing to play for. They locked in the first round by. They already said they're they're uh, resting Patrick Mahomes. So uh, even if Travis Kelsey's in the lineup, I don't think he'll be playing normal workload. And I think Darren Waller's had a bunch of big games, but he's he's a little too pricey for me at 7100 yeah, I agree with that. Uh, in the 3K range, I'm going Evan Engram over Irv Smith as long as the calf is okay. He was limited Thursday after putting in full practices last week on Thursday and Friday. So we'll see about his Friday participation. We'll see about his game status. But as long as Evan Engram is good to go, 3700 is a great price for him. Uh, he played through the calf issue last week, seven catches, 65 yards on 10 targets against Baltimore. The price is down for him for the second straight week for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Seven plus targets in four of his past five games and caught at least four balls in each of those games with at least seven targets. Dallas is a neutral scoring matchup for the position. So for me in that range, I just think Evan Engram is easily a better bet for targets if he's healthy and playing than Irv Smith. I mean, the nine targets for Irv Smith last week, way out of line with what he's gotten the rest of the season. Yeah, I think Ingram's actually probably the smart playing cash. I just, you know, I, I like the Vikings so much this week. I like Irv Smith. Um, you know, it's 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 my team, so I'm gonna play Irv Smith over Evan Ingram. 
There you go. GPP side, what do you like? Yeah, so I like uh, George Kittle there for sure. I like Mark Andrews at 5,800 against a Bengals team that he he basically crushes every time they play. And then I also, at least in my Tannehill lineups, I'm going to play some John U. Smith. He's seen 12 targets over the last two weeks now, 71 and 75% of the routes in those games. So his usage is back up. Um, John U. was banged up in that first meeting against Houston. But Anthony Ferkser went for eight catches, 113 yards, and a score in that game. So, you know, that that's kind of the upside you get with Johnny. I think Jordan Aikens, too, <laughs> in that same matchup down at 3,300, worth considering, especially as a runback option in a Tennessee lineup. So he'll be in my plans. Otherwise, I, I think George Kittle's the only guy that I'm climbing out of the 3K range at tight end for this week. Tyler, what do you like besides the tight ends you already mentioned? Yeah, it's going to be a ton of Kittle for me. A little bit of Mark Andrews. Uh, I mentioned Hunter Henry. We'll have to monitor the news on him. And then the only other guy for me is probably Austin Hooper. DraftKings is showing the toughest matchup against the Steelers, but Roethlisberger City now, I'm not sure if they're going to rest defensive starters, but it seems like they don't really care about trying to get up to the two seed. Buffalo wins the two seed regardless with a win. So Austin Hooper makes some sense. I know he had a ton of targets last week, 15, with a lot of Browns wide receivers out of the lineup. But even in the week before that, he had five catches, 41 yards and a touchdown. So I'm surprised DraftKings didn't price him up a bit more. I think their algorithm was um, taking into account that they're playing the Steelers defense this week. But if it's against backups uh, in a must-win game, the Browns are favored by double digits. So I I think he's got a a pretty good shot for a touchdown and should see six-plus targets. So I think I'd prefer him over Jonu Smith and uh, Irv Smith in in the same price range. Yeah, and we do know that the Steelers are benching uh, T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward on the defensive side. I'd be shocked if safety Minka Fitzpatrick plays a full game here. So I agree it's a good spot for Austin Hooper. Nothing scary about the matchup anymore. Flex, Jared, what do you like? Yeah, so again, in uh, cash, it's going to be Malcolm Brown in the flex, probably with the two expensive guys up top. For tournaments, I think we've pretty much mentioned everyone I'm going to be considering. I have, I have a pretty small pool this week. Again, I'm just kind of going all in on um, – Tennessee, Minnesota, and Colts offenses. Tyler, what are you flexing? Yeah, pretty much all the guys we talked about. Uh, I wanted to talk about Antonio Brown real quick. Just take a quick victory lap on him. Finally scored a touchdown the last couple weeks. Had that big touchdown against Atlanta a couple weeks ago. Just one game over 20 DraftKings points, but I think he's underpriced at 5,500. And we see these Bucks wide receivers with low ownership every week because Brady's throwing it all over the yard, but they have you know, four or five guys that that catch passes. So it's always hard to choose which one to take. We have Mike Evans in the 7,500 range, Godwin uh, mid sixes, and then uh, Brown mid five. So he's by far the cheapest option, and he can definitely have a big game against the Falcons. The Bucks really want to win because then they'll uh, finish as the five seed and they'll get the matchup with the NFC East winner. So uh, the Bucks should be going all out to get that matchup in the first round of the playoffs, and they'd be heavy favorites against whichever NFC East opponent it is. So I think Tom Brady has another big game in week 17. I think if you play Irv Smith or somebody more expensive at tight end that Evan Ingram factors in as a possibility for cheap, you know, for, for salary savings at, at flex at his 3,700. Same with the 4K running backs we talked about, the low 5K to low 4K wide receivers. I think there's a lot to play with and try to help fit what else you want to get in your lineup this week. On defense, the Browns for 2,500 at home against Mason Rudolph is, is really going to be tough for me to get away from. I think if I need 
a little more savings. The Jets at 2,300 against the Patriots are the lowest I'd go, but really the Browns at 2,500 against Mason Rudolph is going to be my focal point on defense. Jared, what do you like? To me, um, Cleveland at 2,500 is like the biggest no-brainer for cash defense we've had all season. I think in tournaments, I, I would assume they're going to be like 20-plus percent owned, so I probably won't play any Browns defense in tournaments. Um, I like going up to the Cardinals for 2,800 in tournaments. You know, they, They've been a good fantasy defense for – the better part of the last month now they're facing a backup quarterback as well. And I like the Cowboys. Um, I don't know. They've, you know, they've surprisingly been productive from a fantasy standpoint lately and they're getting Daniel Jones. There's always upside in that matchup. I'm not scared of the high own rate on the Browns if it does turn out to to be the case because the Steelers would have to score 28 points to turn it into a negative matchup. And I just don't think that there's any shot of that happening. So, I mean, even if we get like 30% ownership, I think we get at least an okay game from the Browns. It doesn't matter. Tyler, are you fading the Browns defense in GPPs at all? No, I'm completely on board with the Browns. They're my favorite defense this week, even on FanDuel where they're priced up a little bit more, but Defense is pretty easy this week. You just figure out uh, which backup quarterbacks are playing, play the opposite defense. So Jared mentioned the Cardinals. They're going up against John Wolford. Obviously, the Browns going up against Mason Rudolph. And then we have the Chargers going up against Chad Honey. So they're they're priced at $2,800. So you play those three defenses, and then you play the defense against Cam Newton. And uh, that's pretty much it for me this week. So I'd be surprised if Cam Newton doesn't get benched again. Uh, and the Jets have a really good price at 2300 And they were a defense that paid off last week. They got nine points minimum priced against the Browns. So I think they can pay off again back to back weeks. They have nine points and eight points. So at that price, they're uh, they're extremely good value. And certainly the Browns will come in uh, with higher ownership. So they make some sense with with leverage this week. Finally, before we get to some week 17 picks, Tyler, how'd your betting season go? Betting was really good. Uh, finally had a losing week last week. There was a few teams that let me down, mostly the Rams. I had I had the Rams plus seven and a half, and uh, Jared Goff dislocated his thumb and was terrible in the second half. I had a lot of Browns and teasers over the Jets, and then I had a lot of Texans and teasers over the Bengals, and, and the Texans couldn't stop Brandon Allen. But we'll look to get back on track this week. Uh, I'm going with teasers with the Titans, uh, get them under a field goal against Houston. Houston's got, like, the worst defense in the league. And, I mean, I just don't think Houston's going to stop Tennessee once. Uh, I like Tennessee's team total, too. I think they're going to score over 30-plus points. So I, I like the over-under in that game as well, if you could do the teaser extremely high over under at 56 but if you put it in a seven point teaser get it down to 49 or you could do a 10 point teaser get it down to 46 i love ravens in 10 point teasers this week so you could tease them under a field goal those are pretty much my favorite ones got a couple others but that's my favorite and then i i have bucks in quite a bit of teasers as well six or seven point teaser just get them to to one point or half a point and they should take care of business against the Falcons this week. I think the Texans couldn't stop Brandon Allen would be a good title for their year in review. Video. <laughs> Definitely. Jared, what do you like this week? Clemson minus seven tonight against Ohio State. <laughs> I'm that. Um, and then I, I like the overs in um, the Titans-Texans games and the Lions-Vikings games. Got to bet on a Clemson team that's stealing signals, huh? Hell yeah. As I mentioned, I'll take the over on Cowboys-Giants at 45 points uh, pretty easily. I also like the under on Seattle's team total at 26.25. Seahawks have topped 23 points once in their past five games. That came against the Jets. The 49ers are allowing 24.3 points per game for the whole season. They held Arizona to 12 last week. San Francisco is also 30th in situation neutral pace. Uh, Seattle is 22nd, so I think it's going to be a slow game. 
probably without a whole lot of points. Not all that attractive from a fantasy standpoint outside of George Kittle, I guess. Um, okay. That's going to do it for this Week 17 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. Get cash game recommendations from Jared. Get some tournament picks, top stacks from Tyler. And check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. Come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in Round 17 of the crown is ass challenge you can also find us on twitter we are at draft sharks jared is at smola ds tyler is at tyler syracuse with an i and i am at shout ds it's s-c-h-a-u-f for jared smola tyler syracuse and the rest of the draft sharks crew i'm matt shout saying thanks so much for swimming with us